Hello and welcome to The Aid Station. I'm Chris Robb and I'm delighted today to be joined by Shannon Gove, the co-founder and director of Rostify. Welcome, Shannon. Great to see you, mate. Thanks, Chris. Good to chat to you, mate. Matt, it's been amazing following your story. I mean, I, I remember I, I didn't know you in the time, but I, you know, David Hansen, a good friend of mine, you, you used to work as a, a volunteer on his events in Melbourne. And here you are today, built this amazing global business, working on the likes of you know, Super Bowl and, and a bunch of events, which I guess are currently put on hold in, 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 in the circumstances. Yes, but, true, yeah. you know, you've done an amazing job. And I'd love to you know, just tell us a little bit of a story about your background and how you got here. I appreciate that, mate. Very kind uh, words and still lots lots to go, that's for sure. Um, and yeah, nothing, all these things happen for a reason somehow. And a lot of it started with Dave Hansen and Super Sprint here in Australia, just traveling around the country, setting up triathlon courses, working on cycle legs um, Yeah, when I was at university. So that's how we, we got into the industry. Uh, so maybe just quickly a little bit about the journey. Uh, 2010 started a company called Event Workforce in Australia, which was to get motivated university students like ourselves into sports and events and that events like Dave Hansen's triathlons and really that's where it all started. The Melbourne Marathon was actually our first event, getting some sports management students down. And I guess as our company grew around the country to staffing thousands of events and I think we had about 10,000 students on our database was uh -huh. in 2015 realized, hey, we need to build a, a workforce management system here for our, for our own selfish needs to better engage these students, make them feel uh, like they're part of something and giving back to them. But then also, secondly, from an administrative perspective, that getting us out of spreadsheets and, I guess, trying to automate a lot of the processes and screening, recruitment, communicating. And uh, that's why in 2015, we built a, a workforce management platform, which has now been, I guess, our full-time focus in a business called Rostify. Uh, and that's that's a white label workforce management platform that's used by lots of major events and mass participation events uh, around the world. So uh, it's been been a fun journey. Amazing journey, mate. Congrats. That's incredible. And uh, yeah, long, long way to go still as well. I think, uh, you know, you, you obviously got a growing portfolio. So that's awesome. Tell us a little bit about about now. I mean, what's life like? You're, you know, we're talking before you, you, you were in Melbourne, but you've now moved along the coast to Geelong. And, uh, you know, what, what's day to day for both on a personal level and a, and a work level? What does that involve? Yeah, look, um, to be honest, I guess we've always tried to be pretty positive in the way we, we see things. And I think uh, anyone that would listen to this uh, audio would, is related to the event space. And if you gave them the opportunity to take a breather and spend more time with their family, you know, 12 months ago, they would have taken it. So uh, I'm actually quite enjoying the time we've got at home. Uh, we've got a seven month old baby girl, Evie. So just enjoying that time and uh, trying to get in the surf a little bit and out on the road bike. So uh, mixing that in with a bit of work in between and really just trying to plan as best we can, just like anyone else on forecasting for the rest of the year and what our team looks like around the world and, and how we can make sure all of our staff and clients are supported because it's, it's not easy for anyone at the moment. Yeah, that's so true. And, and aren't we lucky in, in, in places like Australia where you still, you know, even though you're in some degree of lockdown, Absolutely. you have that ability to get in the surf and get on the road and, and all that kind of stuff. That's, uh, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. And, and, you know, in, in terms of challenges around that, I mean, wonderful that you get to, to spend your time with Evie. I've got a little five-year-old boy who's probably a little bit more yeah. mobile and 
probably is going to knock on that <laughs> yes. door in the next five minutes uh, to come and Correct. show me something or want something. Uh, you, you, yeah. That obviously impacts a little bit in terms of, you know, how you work. But weaving in that with your team, obviously your, your team's all over the place. You've got people over the world. How, how do you manage that? What, what sort of challenges are you facing at the moment in terms of day-to-day? Yeah, it's, um, I guess, given we're headquartered in Melbourne, in Australia, and we have staff in Dubai, in the UK, and all across the US. And so really, it's about making sure we're in as much constant communication with them as we can. Um, that we, our CEO, Andrew, has done a great job making sure he's individually having calls with every single staff member, understanding their situation, so that we have the full picture of things as a business to understand where people are at. And then Secondly, looking at what support mechanisms are out there as well, if required. So in the, in the UK, um, there's some really strong support there for people um, because that's our number one priority here is making sure our staff are looked after. And, and then secondly, our clients, because a lot of our clients are in this event space. A lot of their events have been postponed. Uh, Spartan Race, Tough Mudder, prime examples of organisations that have let go majority of their workforce. Uh, partners like Eventbrite or, or, or these that have let go 50% of the workforce and just spending as much time as we can with them to firstly support them and see how we can help and then secondly to see how they can use this time now to, to build better processes and, and really use the system for, for what it's used for is to automate a lot of the time the people are spending manually and there's, let's face it, there's less arms and legs around now to do a lot of this legwork and recruitment steps and things. So how do we help them through that? So that's, that's what we've been spending our time on. And, and your team? So how, how many is in your team around the world? Uh, it's around 20 of us around the world. 20 of you around the world. Yeah, okay. So, that, that, you know, even, even just connecting with them once a week, that's, a, that, that's you know, a fair bit of time. Yeah. Yeah, but like you yeah, say, absolutely. great opportunities to innovate, great opportunities to look for solutions. And I, and I love the approach of, you know, your staff are really important, your clients are important. And, I, and, I've, and I've said, you know, since day one, I believe that the people that are going to come out of this the best are the people that communicate the best. The ability yeah, to be able to communicate with your team, communicate with your clients, know when to communicate, who is communicating, uh, you know, is it someone senior in the organization, you know, tell the staff that they can speak to the HR manager rather than the CEO picking up the phone and speaking to them personally. Correct. Those kind yeah. of things make a really big difference. Well, I'd love yeah, to know. I think, what, you know on, um, sorry, uh, one thing I think is really having a long-term, long term perspective on a lot of this is that you can get very caught up in the here and now and uh, as you and I've discussed it's very much in my opinion it's almost the pause on this year for in particular mass participation but that's one year and I think although it may change in the future these events have run for a long long time a lot of them they will still keep going for the years to come and it's really the lifetime you want to be working with people and and it's I think a big thing I've learned across our journey is people remember the way you make them feel in these times when they need help. And so making sure you are available and a, a person there compared to a bulk comms or whatever I've seen out there uh, from other organisations is making a personal touch uh, because we're here to help when it gets tough, not just when it's easy as well. It's such a great point. You know, one of the, the things that, that I speak about often is one of my routines after every event was I would try my best before I went to bed, even if it was, you know, someone like the Singapore Marathon, you know, sometimes yep. you know, 48 hours without sleep. I would try and phone every supplier and thank them for what they'd put in. And people said yep. to me, shouldn't the suppliers be calling you? 
But you know, the camaraderie <laughs> that we built, the value that we built around that, when the going was tough and we faced tough situations, and, and I didn't do it for that reason, but you know, the extra mile that those people would go to help me out in, in those times because we'd built that rapport, we'd built respect and so on, it was just amazing. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Man, I'd love to know, you know, anything particular that you've learned about yourself in, in this time whilst you whilst you've been at home, something that's kind of surprised you that you didn't expect? Yeah, I think um I've spoken to quite a few people about this recently because we have more time to speak to people and have these conversations. But I think one thing it's maybe it's not just for myself, but for everyone about not being too harsh on yourself. Uh, I think Mm. I still see organizations out there talking about how they'll still run their event this year, or, you know, they'll still be hitting revenue numbers or whatever it is. And I think you do the very best you possibly can at all times, you, you do it when it's good or when it's bad. And um, don't be, you know, don't be too hard on yourself if you're taking some time with your family or, you, you know, you might be knocking off early one day to spend more time with the, with a the young one or something like that. And, and embrace it as best you can because what else are you going to do? <laughs> People get caught up in complaining about it and whinging about it. It's, you're in lockdown. Let's try and enjoy it as best we can and, and try and use the time positively to think about how good it's going to be when it comes back because we all bloody love the work that we do. It's just right now it's not happening. So let's use this time to be even better when it does. That's a, that's a wonderful attitude. No, thanks for sharing that. That's fantastic. Um, love to move on now to, to, to innovation. I mean, we, you know, we, we spoke a little bit before we came on, there's lots of innovation happening. I mean, what, what are some of the things that, uh, that you've, uh, you've seen? I mean, you were talking, there's a, one of the stories you told me about a, a NASCAR driver who, who lost his sponsors because he swore in an eSport game. I guess he's going to have to innovate <laughs> to get his sponsors back. That's a great story, that. But what, what other stories have you seen right. around innovation and, uh, and, and, and stuff that, uh, that's impressed you? Yeah, certainly the pros and cons of uh, going online and lots of people being able to hear and listen to you. Uh, but for me, look, I guess we work with a really diverse range of clients around the world. Uh, one in Australia is the Mother State Classic. They turned their national event series, so many events that they have around the country into a virtual event in about 48 hours. Uh, we're actually gonna have a call with the CEO and general manager of Mother State Classic uh, in the coming weeks on our Rostify webinars, which will be launched pretty soon, to talk to them about their experience because I think what we've found is that people are able to make decisions much more promptly now than otherwise they'd spend six months deliberating over these things. And they were able to turn a very large physical event into an online event in 48 hours. And which previous to this situation we're in, people would have said is impossible. So I think hats off to them for that innovation. Um, I I think if you ask them, they would say that a a physical event is where they want to be. It's just, they've had to innovate for this year and and they've they've done it well in, in the way I see it. Um, I think that's been great. And then I guess if we, from our lens, from a volunteer perspective, uh, obviously there aren't events now for people to be volunteering at, but people are becoming really clever about the way they can use this time to enhance their volunteer systems and processes and perhaps, for example, run screening and recruiting campaigns for when things are going to be up and running because People do have more time. They're sitting at their laptops. Can they be going through online application processes? And then you'll ultimately come out the end of this with a short list of great candidates that have expressed interest 
I think about being proactive during this time compared to sitting on your hands is something, if innovation is that, I think that's it, is about trying to use this time positively. That's fantastic. What a great story. And you know, Mother's Day Classic, very dear to my heart. I, I was involved in the very first Mother's Day Classic in, in, in Sydney. All right. The very yeah. first event, which a lot of people these days don't know, was actually called Race Abreast. And um, right. okay. we, we literally used to sit in committee meetings with the, with the women in super committee, tying pink ribbons to sell to make money on, on, on the site. And after mm. the first year, the idea was, let's change this to the Mother's Day Classic and put it on Mother's Day. And I said, you're crazy. I said, you know, people on Mother's Day, they go out, they have breakfast, they do all these kind of things. And Mavis Robertson, to her credit, said, let's do it. It's going to work. And look at it. It's absolutely incredible and wonderful to see Sarah Clements, who, who I worked with in Singapore, amazing yeah. lady who's joined that team and was clearly instrumental in making that happen. So it's, it's just wonderful to see it enduring and the incredible work that it continues to do. Yeah, she does a great job, Sarah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's wonderful. Great, uh, great to see you partnering with them. Matt, I, I wanted to end, and, and I end all of these on, on, on a high note with inspiration, not that there's been any low notes in this. It's been absolutely fantastic. And, 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 I, and I'd love to hear, you know, some things that inspire you, but I'd also like to, at the same time, acknowledge you, mate, for the way that you've inspired so many people. I mean, the stuff that you did around the bushfires in terms of bringing volunteers together to do stuff, in terms of volunteering your time, was just such a credit to, to you and your team. But, you know, looking out and seeing what, what, what sort of things are inspiring you that, you know, we, we all have tough days in this. Is, are there certain stories that you've seen or something that really motivates you and, and, and keeps you inspired? Um, it's a, appreciate that too, Chris, really do. Um, I think the, there's so many, I think is the, is the simple answer, but I, I, the core of what we do at Rostify, it's about connecting communities to events and causes they're passionate about. And through that, we've tried to find lots of stories and little bits and pieces out there in the world that aren't necessarily big organisations, but more from the grassroots up. And there's a story we were reading about yesterday, and we'll do a bit of a piece on it, is about um, some volunteers that flew to China early days of the disease and started just making lunches and ended up cooking something like 20,000 meals wow. for, for the hospital workers because they were struggling to, to feed themselves and look after themselves because they were um, so overworked. And so volunteers putting their hand up to go over there, pay for it themselves to do it. It's those little stories that I think you, you, the world will be a better place with more people like those. And so... You try and uh, cling to the real positive stories that are out there because there's a lot of miserable news if you watch the news too much, which I try and steer clear of. But if you can try and find the positive stories like those, I think that's the, um, they're the real shining lights through these scenarios. And, and to your point about the bushfires in Australia, it, only, it was so devastating for Victoria in particular down here uh, in Australia and really sad moment for everyone everyone around us was saddened by what happened but out of the back of it the support and the fundraising that came from it it's sort of when your back's against the wall people only get closer together and hopefully through this situation we're in now it'll only bring people more closer together and I think this mass participation industry where we're lucky to be a part of Chris is I guess God we can't wait for it to be back and better than ever because people will come out in their droves because we're all missing it right now uh, but let's try and be as positive as we can because what's your other option? 
Absolutely. Yeah. I have no doubt as we were speaking about, there's going to be so much great stuff that's going to come out of all this. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Shannon, it's yep. been an absolute pleasure. Thanks, mate, for your time. Great talking as always and wish you all the best. And I'm sure we'll see the, the Rostify stock continue to rise after this is all over. Thanks so much. Thank you, mate. Appreciate it. Bye, mate. Thank you. Bye, Bye mate. Bye.